You're about to listen to a Sports Medicine Weekly Ask the Doctor segment, where Dr. Brian Cole provides his analysis of an orthopedic condition or treatment in just five minutes or less. Ask the Doctor is presented by Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious disease and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L dot com. You have a diagnosis of traumatic shoulder instability. This condition most commonly occurs after a single traumatic event where typically an athlete is involved in a forced motion with the arm externally rotated with enough force that pushes the ball and socket joint out of position. Most individuals who dislocate their shoulders after trauma will require a trip to the emergency room to have it put back into position. If it's a first-time shoulder dislocation, we need to discuss operative versus non-operative treatment. The decision for surgery after shoulder dislocation is dependent upon a number of variables. Statistically, young patients who are involved in collision sports, where the dislocation occurs as part of a routine activity associated with that sport, they may have up to a 90% incidence of recurrence. If your desire is to eliminate the chance of recurrence, then typically an arthroscopic procedure to restore stability can be successful in doing that. The timing of that depends upon where you are in your season and your willingness to take time off. After a single shoulder dislocation, some individuals can return to sport within two weeks. But it must be understood that a recurrent instability event can occur if they engage in a similar activity that led to the dislocation to begin with. There is also some data that shows that with each dislocation, there might be more damage imparted to the shoulder. If you are an individual who sustained a shoulder dislocation in a random event, something that isn't part of your routine activities, such as falling down the stairs or incurring some random trauma not associated with a sport, you may be successfully managed without surgery. The reason is you are less likely to dislocate your shoulder compared to a younger person who engages in a high-level collision-type sport. These are discussions we'll have in the office. Alternatively, if you dislocated your shoulder and created a break or a fracture in the cup or the glenoid where the ball and socket sits, that might lead to an early surgical intervention. Similarly, if you're an older patient, for example, who also has a rotator cuff tear, you too may receive an earlier recommendation for surgery because of the rotator cuff tear, but not because of the instability. There are some patients who have had repeated shoulder dislocations over time because they didn't fix the shoulder early, or they fixed it and they failed and they had a recurrent instability event. There are times where there's bone loss associated with the cup or the glenoid. It's a lot like having a golf tee which has part of the tee itself missing. When that happens, you might have a recommendation to undergo an open procedure rather than an arthroscopic procedure through the camera called the latrage, where we actually move a small piece of bone from one part of the shoulder to restore the bony anatomy of the cup or the glenoid. Finally, patients who have significant degrees of bone loss due to long-standing shoulder instability can have their glenoid or their cup restored by donor cartilage and bone, similar to what we use in the knee to restore cartilage and bone loss. These are discussions, again, that we'll have in the office to provide the best recommendation to match the problem that you have. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more details and content, visit sportsmedicineweekly.com.